0: obelisk is the key
1: Good evening and welcome back to the Obelisk. Tonight we have special guest uh, a returning guest Nathan and a new guest Gary Taters. Who are both people I met in the cruising with steak group. So uh, they've been doing. Uh, Nathan does work with Stone History and does some writing there and a lot of research and in, in that kind of thing. And Gary's been doing similar work and has a bunch of information about the Basques. Right. So we're going to talk about tonight. Yes, sir. So we're going to present that. Welcome to the show, guys. If you want to, Gary, if you want to, like talk about yeah man. introduce yourself since i have no idea you're just this, this guy i know
2: yeah man um yeah thanks for having me i'm i'm out in idaho uh i am a uh well i'm half basque blooded uh american so my mom was 100 percent basque her parents spoke basque she grew up she spoke some basque um and yeah i'm just out here in idaho uh living the life and the basques have an amazing and just really mind-boggling history that that no one is talking about, and uh, I think it's going to be a really fun conversation. Thanks for
1: having awesome. me. Awesome. And Nathan, we've gotten two earloads of you already. You've been on the show twice before.
3: Uh, I do all right.
1: Thanks. Uh, yeah, There's <laughs> some of our highest viewed videos. So,
0: <laughs> Well, welcome, gentlemen. It's a pleasure. Yes. It's definitely a pleasure to have you back, Nathan, <clears throat> and it's a pleasure to have you on for the first time, Gary. Thank
1: you. Yeah. And welcome everyone in the live chat, you 20 beautiful people.
2: And uh, yeah, so where
1: should we get started?
2: Um, I can give, like, I just kind of thought I'd give kind of a Basques for Dummies kind of intro 101. Some people, Perfect. I tell them I'm Basque and they're like, like the fish? You know, so there's probably a few people out there that have no idea what Basque even is. And uh, Basque is the indigenous... Uh, people of the Iberian Peninsula in Europe between Spain and France, and um, they are, you know, aboriginal or indigenous. So they're they're the OGs of Europe. One of them, you know, of that area, and um, basically southern Spain or I mean, excuse me, southern France and northern Spain, the Pyrenees from from coastline to coastline. That region is known as Right now, I guess the Basque Autonomous Region, they've never had their own country uh, per se, like boundaries, borders, but um, the culture and the people have been there from time immemorial. And um, uh, the language is super fascinating and the genetics are super fascinating of Basques. Uh, It's called a language isolate, so it can't be... It has no relation to any other language. It's It's almost impossible to learn off of a paper or off a screen. You, you have the words are really intimidating looking and the the phonetics are super weird. Um, so it's it's one of those languages, I think less than a million people, <clears throat> excuse me, speak it. I could be wrong on that. Check me on all my stuff. This stuff is so hard to find, <clears throat> this information. A lot of this comes from my family.
1: What's the root language of Basque? There is no root language.
2: It is a language isolate. It has no root language. Nice. So uh, it predates... Yeah, go ahead, Armour.
3: There are only a couple other instances of contemporary languages, which are, <laughs> to use alliteration, these contemporary languages today are not contemporaneous to even each other. Uh, The Magyar in Hungary also have a language isolate that is just as puzzling, Uh, but the Basques actually, uh, Yskaran might be older.
2: Well, there was a discovery in 2020 um, of a bronze hand, and I think they dated it, man, BCE. I know BCE. I don't know how many hundreds of years, but, and it was carved, Uskara was carved in it. In bronze, um, so the script was carved, and I mean, we're talking if they're carving it in bronze in BCE, it's been already been around for a long time. So, it officially that discovery officially dated Muscada or just got a uh as the oldest known language, like written down language in Europe, in Europe anyway. So, yeah, Do you and speak you know. It? uh i speak a bastard like enough to me and my kids can point and laugh at stuff in public and no one knows what we're talking about and you know <laughs> i know all the cuss words and how to count and sing happy birthday and a few things you know we call all our relatives by their basque names and a few things uh all my aunts and uncles here most of them are all 100 percent basque still my mom was the the black sheep that married non basque blood and so I came out kind of half, but my cousins are full-blooded, still my age. Which I mean, in America, there's there's only a handful of full-blooded Basque people in America. Even in the Basque country, there's not a lot. But the are Basque's, you Rh negative? I am. I'm Rh <laughs> negative. I have question. green eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've I. got all sorts of weird genetics. I have no wisdom teeth on top. My dentist is like, you have the weirdest fucking mouth I, excuse me can we cause? yeah the yes. weirdest mouth uh i've ever seen he's like calling random people in my cousin the same thing um my cousin's blind he has a rare eye disease retinitis pigmentosa hmm. and basically he's so fucking inbred that his parents both had a recessive <laughs> gene that just never happens and it happened with him so wow about, about when he was 18 his periphery started closing in on him and now he's like 40 and pretty well fully blind Uh, What? So
0: is the RH negative exclusive to the Basque people? Did it spread out from the Basque or? um, That's an
2: excellent question.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure. So
2: I mean, there's definitely something to those old world bloodlines. And RH negative has a a very, you know, you you hear about the Basques. If you hear RH negative, the Basques are linked to it. So I'm not positive on that answer, but I think probably yes.
0: And well, and then there's all the tell, like I have the green eyes and RH negative and all that. And I have a a, genealogically, a lot of lots and lots of French, but I didn't have, like, I didn't associate that with my modern day who I am. So it was always interesting to me. Does it show up in, say, a a dna test like a genetic test um
2: yeah like my aunt my mom never took one and she's passed but my aunt took one recently and it came back one line it was 99 uh spain is what it said because they don't Basque isn't officially recognized so they just said spain
0: oh like her
2: her her 23 and me was one line
0: oh interesting yeah so now
2: china
1: owns
0: her dna
3: yeah exactly there is um there's specific reason why I've been so excited for this. Um, the correlates between my first and second guest spot here uh, are perfectly exemplified uh, by Gary and his information. We spoke about what in the first episode that I did, um, how people call the Ashkenazim, uh the enemy. And I think that it's a fool's errand to go chasing after the dominion when you could be looking for the boss and the basque people have specific ties to the sephardim and this is pre-1400s and we all know about the sephardim
0: so for the people that don't will you fill them in
3: there's different kinds of jewish people uh just like today um sometimes when the jews are linked to a specific place where they convert away from judaism or maintain their judaism they gain a separate name Uh, while jew is the umbrella term you have the mestizo the mirano the sephardim the ashkenazi and uh, 23 other names and so the specific uh, subset of these people uh, are the Sephardim. They come from Basque country. A lot of them did stay there. Yes. And that is a contentious issue we'll get into later. But um, these are the specific Jews that went on to start the Dutch East Indies company. And so
0: is there? A their I, history. Yeah, I, I think a lot of people don't realize that I, I knew that when you say Sephardim, is that what people refer to as the Sephardic?
3: Yes, uh, the Sephardim is like uh, calling them the Jedi.
0: <laughs> oh, okay.
3: So, complex grammar, <laughs> but you could say the Sephardic Jews or the Sephardi with two eyes. Uh-huh. Um, it's just, it's dealer's choice, really.
0: And so, what's the difference between them and, say, the Ashkenazi? Did I say but, Ashkenazi? <laughs> so
3: if I, if That's hard spelled. If you I know are, but the way it comes out. If you are Ashkenazi, then you might be uh, of the Ashkenazi. Uh, so, Im refers to group as a whole, um, but those are mainly Europe, Eastern Europe, and specifically, and this is separate from something like Kazari, uh, and separate from those in the Iberian Peninsula. And so, Gary's got this specific thing, and, uh, and the Basque also relating to different bloodlines that we spoke of in the second episode, I believe. But yeah gary yeah does, a lot know. of people
2: don't know uh, ignatius loyola was a basque so he was he was born of a relatively you know powerful family and um was injured in war he was a very pompous pompous dude was known as kind of a flamer and uh would use his power to get away with you know tomfoolery that he shouldn't be getting away with um but he was from the Basque region and from Basque families. And and essentially he, he went to the Basque villages. Because the Basques, I mean, we can go hard as hard as you guys want, but they uh, their history, they're master negotiators. No one conquered that re- I mean to this day it's the Basque Autonomous Region and you've never heard of it. So they're doing something right, right? And uh they don't pay taxes to Spain, they don't pay taxes to France. So they 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 uh they can't be conquered easily. And um so he took these people who were master negotiators and took the cream of each village crop and he put one in you know, the Far East. He put them all over the world and they established the Jesuit church. Um, and so he, the Jesuit church opened up. I mean, I'm sure you guys know more about it than I do. But a lot of people don't know that connection between Loyola and the Basques and the Jesuit church. And the Basques had made it to the new land i mean with the Celts before i mean i don't know right there there's uh, a whaling station what's it called in newfoundland you know i forget what what it's called but unesco came in and screwed with the dating but they had it back to like 1300 and now unesco you know 1500 right after columbus of course but up until recently they had basks in the new world officially at 1300 i i mean stories my family talks about the Basques were in the new world from the beginning from the jump i think the basques are come from atlantis uh because that's... they were the shipbuilders they they built columbus's ships they got columbus to the new world like they're the uh, they're the backbone of of colonization of the world and no one's ever heard of them yeah
1: i told nish this afternoon i'm like that's my my i'm front loaded there i can't get
2: rid of that yeah yeah it's it's pretty wild and it's it just goes to show and you know we can get into it too more about like the bombing of guernica right before world war ii um franco basically outlawed basque if you were basque you were shot they they uh, they took all the uskera strip script off of all the gravestones all the buildings Um, i mean there's something there hitler was looking for treasure in the basque country uh there's 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 knowledge or relics or power or something sacred about the people in the region there that to this day is being occluded from us. And I really want someone to hear this and be better researcher than me and find out why.
0: Is there a connection between the French Huguenots and the Basque?
3: Or the patients? Oh,
0: the story sounds the same. I mean, they, they literally were almost wiped out.
3: Yeah. Also, the yeah. Estonians. Yeah. Now- Uh, He hits on a really special topic when he talks about the Atlantis thing, and a lot of people consider satellite cities as of Atlantis uh, being a reason for the homogeneity of some artifacts found in antiquity. There's a severe Basque-Scottish Pict and Algonquin connection, uh, not only from their phenotype, which has more similarities to Basques than any other phenotype, Uh, But their language, their use of tattoos, their use of uh, feathered plumage and piercings, uh, everything. Modern Gaelic actually um, preserves many spelled letters that are no longer pronounced. But when pronounced in Gaulish or ancestral Celts, um, they're similar to Algonquin. And the Basque words are much the same. So when you talk about uh, surviving cultures and pockets of civilization, we, we do have some specific evidence to link the Basque to other standouts.
0: See, this is what, as I understand my own genealogy, the, cause I have a huge amount of Scottish in me. And then, you know, you know, we're all, we're all we have the four parents, right. And then it just spreads out from there. But I, and then when I learned about the French Huguenots and all the French, you know, that moved, well, they were being persecuted into, into Switzerland and into, into Scotland and then over into America and other places, I'm just curious about how these lines work and... uh And how the crossover happens. And I'm also really curious a lot of times when you have at this day and age people that don't have much diversity in their blood because of how much mixing that's, if you're in America, how much mixing has gone on, especially here with with different um, flavors of people. You know, like my grandfather was sicilian norman sicilian and then there's all this scottish and you know norwegian and a f- huge amount of french and it it's interesting to me and the one thing i started to piece together was blood type seemed to be a, a certain marker amongst some of these peoples and the basque seem to be the ones that really come to mind when I think of Rh negative. It's always where my head goes. And so that's where I was trying to make this connection between the Huguenots and the Basque.
2: Yeah. And it's it's the old world blood, right? It's that Rh negative, which is old blood. And the Basque, the reason they're connected to it is because they they can directly link Basque DNA to, I think, I want to say God, Neanderthal or or before. I mean, I you know it. They found a cave. There's a cave in Spain in uh, Spain in the Basque region. I think it's called like the Santa Mamene Cave, and uh, there's cave art in there from the indigenous Basque, and it has bison, woolly mammoth, woolly rhinoceroses, bears, and lions, and it has humans alongside. Like these animals that are extinct and are, are not even in that region of the world, but were at a long, 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 long time ago. So it's it's that old, those old, really, really old bloodlines that really carry something that is a mystery for sure.
3: And the the propagation of Rh negative blood is far less uncommon than people believe. When you really look at, at RH negative blood, which is uh, two types, I am I am AB negative, which makes me the second type of RH negative. Um, and this is about 30% of the world population. AB negative? negative? No, no, <clears throat> uh, all of RH negative blood types. are about I thought it was 15% only 15%. Population. Mhm a common misconception uh, but when you look at it and even by race um these aren't these aren't as rare as people think hmm. what's rare is to find it in the first world in a case in which you would need to take someone's blood
1: right and they don't do blood tests you have to really I mean you could do your own but even even if you go see a gp they won't they won't type your blood
3: yeah it's uh, weird it it's only something that they would do if they need a transfusion or something about you is so special that they have to look. So of all the people that they've looked at, uh, the numbers don't lie. It's way more than we think. And it's also almost completely equally spread amongst the races.
2: That's that's interesting. So
1: those RH negative mongoloids?
3: Yeah. Really? yeah
2: interesting yeah some of the only links between basques um are like over in that region the ural mountains um and what i was trying to think of before was homo heidelbergensis who is like the parent to neanderthals and that's the oldest human fossil that we found and that was found in the basque country in a cave and the bat yeah, we can go into their mythology but it has us all coming from caves and before christianity came pre-christianity the basques were animists who you know kind of worship the mountains and the trees much like the celts and believed that the gods were in the earth they also worshiped the sun but it was a much more animist perspective sorry i kind of took us on a tangent there
0: i'm going to take us right back though for just a second <laughs> because so amongst the basque is there a specific type of rh negative that's more um that expresses more like uh the like ab negative or uh, I don't know, O negative, one of the others, or is it just a mix up?
3: So when it comes to the blood, um, the physical and symptomatic expressions often happen in early development. And there's nothing to say that because you have these expressions, this is your blood type. It, it's not so heavily correlated as that. Uh, I have an astigmatism. I have blue eyes, red in my beard, gray in my hair since I was 14 i always thought it was weird i learned what my blood type was it made sense now those are a lot of the markers the rest of the markers that they will talk oh. about are really
1: one thing i wanted to bring up when you were talking about <clears throat> yeah i'm here can you hear me yeah uh when, when nathan you were talking about um adopting a name for the region in which the group was existing right um uh cliff high talks about that and that they were i know it's cliff high i know (laughs) it's okay (laughs) some of the stuff he says is interesting and that's all i'm saying is this i i hear a correlation she lost sound oh sorry nish um one of the things he, he brought up was that Uh, areas of the world back way back when, you know, were always wary of and, excuse me, and warned against the group of people they called the name stealers, which kind of ties into that adopting the name of the area in which
2: you're in. You know, the, the Romans gave the Basque that name. They, they were called Vascones, and then the Romans are the ones who coined the term Basque. So they gave them a name, the name that we have today. So that kind of goes along with what you're saying. Sorry, I'm wrong.
3: For a little tidbit, uh, you can look at the etymology and origin of the name Vasquez. Okay. It's beautiful. Um,
1: and one more thing I wanted to, to drop. Yeah. You're talking about, you know, Sephardim and... How the I am means a group. Uh, the most famous one people probably recognize is Elohim. It's mm-hmm. uh, it's by by syntax alone, it's a group. It's not a one thing. So, anyway, exactly
3: like to denote male versus female in the early languages, it's Ain versus Ein. Right. So there was that big thing in the eighteen hundreds where they 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 said Ein Elohim, but it, should it not be Ain Elohim? and uh yeah. yeah language is funny and should not be discounted but you can tell a lot of lies with a language uh in the 1800s there was a specific type of name stealing going on in which the Ashkenazim actually stole most german things including their names mm-hmm. goldstein goldstein you mean the german word from st- stone and now there are no more germans with the last name stone because now it's a jewish name there's a lot of examples about that uh, especially when german changed from old german to what it is today
0: that's interesting all right Gary.
1: Also, we
2: totally de- derailed your intro yeah. no <laughs> you, that's great i'm just uh, yeah it's wonderful um but I don't know where was I here
0: in the uh, petroglyph area. I
2: think you, you. Oh yeah, you were
1: talking.
0: about. Well, I mean, about... it
2: just raises some points. Like they're finding cave art of humans w- with creatures that weren't supposed to be with humans, you know, and and humans drawing pictures of that on a wall. Uh, it's it's super fascinating to me. It, like there's definitely a, a super mysterious component there that that we're missing a big piece of this puzzle. And I think it's intentionally done. And I think maybe that's what the Nazis were looking for and the Templars were looking, everyone who comes through that region is looking for this 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 ank, missing piece, I think that links us to our history. I think that might be the secret the Basques hold. Their DNA goes all the way back to Homo Heidelbergensis. I mean, their cave art, the, the oldest fossil is in their region there's there's something there, and, and no one's ever heard of it. so uh, there's someone out there that knows more and can go take this further than me, probably you guys, but I just find it so fascinating. It is
1: uh, I whenever I hear Basques, I always think that for some reason, I, I think that their their territory starts with the mo- where the mountains start, right? Is that correct? no it actually
2: goes it's their region has mountains to desert so it goes basically to the edge of the desert so yeah more or less it's the mountainous the pyrenees is yes, what you the could pyrenees, say yeah, yeah 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 yeah, and from coast to coast and the big port gipuzkoa which is now bilbao um you know it was a basque port and it became huge because Again, the Basque—they weren't—you could come into that port, and you didn't have to mess with the Spanish government or the French government. And so the Basque cities started pulling in people from Spain and France to that region, and it became really wealthy. And and um, oh, I just totally lost my train of thought. <laughs> so
1: is that Bilbao? Is that's in Portugal now, right? No, it's in Spain now. It's it's in Spain.
2: Okay. Yeah. Yeah they do have links to portugal like the i traced my bloodline but back super far and it went back some of my my lineage was knights of the orders of saint james which is they they were big in portugal they were they were templar style knights um that you know protected religious pilgrimages from here to there that's their that's the, the cover story anyway i mean what they were really protecting and moving i don't know um, there's I'm, definitely some ties with Portugal.
1: I learned about Bilbao, um, playing a train game, like an old Mayfair games, train game. You guys remember those? Where you, you have to buy track like a, a link at a time and you draw lines across and you deliver, you pick up loads in one city and you build a, a line to another one and deliver it and get money to, to expand your railroad like there's British rails and there's one for America and there's one for Europe uh I think it was called Euro rails and Bilbao was one was like the the most you'd ever make on a on a load would be taking it to Bilbao it was like so yeah. far from everything else but no that's that was a, a really shitty anecdote I'm sorry
2: anyway no <clears throat> no it's all good and like um the basques they brought tobacco over from from the new world Mm -hmm. so they introduced Europe to the tobacco plant um they introduced Europe to the rubber plant they they invented the first sport highlight which is like a rubber ball and you basket on your hand and you throw it against the wall and then the French took the rubber and made tennis um so you know a lot of the just the absolute origins of culture of the world I mean we owe to these these people who could who could navigate the Atlantic well before any certified timeline will tell you that they were doing it you know there were there was multiple people doing it but the basques and the celts were the ones doing it mainly do you think uh so
1: getting back to this atlantis thing as some kind of seed culture uh do you think that like i i kind of have this notion that they're they they Guided or built the pyramids that have show up everywhere around the world, and and some of these advanced structures, and became the Egyptians as well. That would be interesting. I don't know.
2: No, I think there's definitely something to that. Um, whether it was seeded or what, but I think like the the Basques and the Celts were def- the knowledge that they had. You could say coming out of the flood was so far ahead of everyone else that there has to be a link to before the flood. So I think they were definitely maybe seated in the caves. That's why Basque uh, mythology has them coming out of the caves. I think maybe they do where to put people to survive. And they let, you know, even if the smartest person today was wiped out with all the knowledge, you got to have the resources. So it took them a while, but eventually, you know, that knowledge was there. Um, so I definitely think it links back to a, a pre-flood civilization? Yeah, no doubt about it. Which time? <laughs> I know, right? And were they? <laughs> did they? Did they take them from Atlantis and intentionally put people in caves? You know, in different regions, or did that happen organically? Were they just there? Um, yeah, I mean, that's
1: that's a question I struggle with. With with all that, is like if there were pre-civilizations, you know previous ones how did they revert so quickly how long you know did it take from uh collapse to mad through mad max world to getting to living in caves and not being able to speak you know you have to draw a line. that's just kind of a de-evolution i don't understand
3: one generation one generation no nah, i don't think so there are things there are, there are humans um there was a special was uh, i think it was called wolf children anyways these children grew up in the wild yeah, and uh, they were rescued and they had been only around animals and the speech centers of their brain had never developed and never at any point in their lives after they were recovered and brought into civilization did those parts of the brain come alive they never learned to speak they could never speak Degeneracy? Not necessarily. Imagine someone is born and spoken to telepathically all of their lives, they develop it, they become a telepath, that's cool, but none of us can do it. And we're too old to start. I think that it happens in this manner. Um, People isolated and traumatized and dissociated out of something die, but their children survive and never learn the skills. i think it can happen very fast i'm
2: i
1: i don't know what that background is <laughs> i hear it too is that you're someone behind you armoro no
0: there's like a radio or something going yeah. or...
1: it doesn't matter it's not that distracting oh shit i forgot what i was going to say no i was talking about
3: one generation to yeah this
1: what i was going to say was i wasn't saying it can't happen i don't think it's a quick process you know it would take a long i think time.
0: it i don't know i i'm i'm i think i'm siding with nathan on this i think that it can be a very quick process and it, you know there's context to that it depends <coughs> on the on the severity of whatever event happens and you know how fast that can happen and then you've got a generation that comes up into the new and there's no context for anything else there's no elders there's you know i mean if we're if we're even going down this line of query i mean there's a lot of questions just in modern times about the orphanages of the last century and the the train babies, and cottage babies and all that. But there's a lot to there's a lot there that, you know, sparks the imagination as to what can happen. And if we're looking at just modern generations right now, the shift between the millennials and the Zeds is is, and there's been no breakdown at this point is quite different. Just from the technological standpoint, where the the new generation that's coming in has no context to the world that we all knew, like none, and can't even imagine what that's like. So if you wipe out all the elders, then you have a generational shift. Of course, this social engineering actually plots this out through different organizations. The obvious is Tavistock. But um so if we're talking something cataclysmic, I can see it going one generation, as Nathan's saying. I mean, it makes sense to me.
1: I think of a generation as 20 years. Is that the time frame you're saying?
0: Yeah, I mean, roughly.
3: That's agreeable. Right. Um, now, with the Basque themselves, their origin is as shrouded as a bunch of other outstanding civilizations we can see, but their their recent future is just as unexplained, or their recent past is just as unexplained. Uh, we have, uh, Gary and I were talking about this at length, uh, the bombing of Guernica and how the Basque peoples may have actually been caught up in the red wave pre-World War II. And we were trying to piece out who did what infiltration where and what was the goal? Because the Basque were largely untouched even through that war.
2: Except for Guernica, which was, you know, just pre-Hitler, the Nazi war machine, the first air raid to ever happen on this realm, whatever you want to call it, hit a tiny Basque village that was only known for having the tree of which under the first, you know, laws to protect women, the first laws, um, equality, these type of things, like the Basque culture is what they attacked and, and why I don't understand why the bombing of Guernica ever happened other than they're trying to erase from the face of this earth, a culture that has some sort of knowledge or some side some kind of something that they don't want around going into where we're at now. So we're about there we're we're about to lose something and a people that have been on this planet from time immemorial that that right at the precipice of losing something a culture that that will never get back.
1: Um but that's that narrative reminds me a lot of the Yazidi. Uh yeah. in Yemen? Are they in Yemen? They're over there. They're well, over in, in the, the UAE. Middle
0: East, yeah. yeah. There were some in Afghanistan up in the hills and all that.
1: They're very persecuted and being genocided in a similar well, way. Attacked for no reason other than religious. I suppose it's a religious reason. They basically worship demons uh, as their religion. That's what
0: they did to the Huguenots, too. Yeah. I mean, they try to wipe these people out see do you think religion intentionally or
2: do you think it's a hostile force i think the basques who converted to christianity did it by choice um i think it can be both i guess it can be both yeah i don't know what the percent is is though
0: because
1: you know when you've got someone brought up in chat that uh basque witches were burned at the stake by the inquisition absolutely absolutely Uh, and you know facing being burned alive or converting to christianity i me being who i am i think i'd convert
2: that basque region was made an example of with witch trials and stuff because they were animist before and the original basques claim that it, that they never it's called like the gentilac and that they receded in deeper into the pyrenees and never converted and kept to their original ways but we don't we don't hear from them anymore
1: i bet and uh the yazidi are also animist. so interesting
2: i have to look into that connection
0: i've been very sad about that
3: yazidis
2: me too what
1: nathan
3: did the celts practice animism of course so um interesting tie-in although i want to So did the algonquin by the way yeah (laughs) um but with the bombing of guernica um i tend to look at it as a political maneuver because at this point, the Basque peoples had already remained largely untouched. And I think that if it wasn't a local nine eleven to get them up in arms, I think it was a shot across the bow to their religious and elite sponsors.
2: Hmm. And you look at what spawned from that after you have the rise of the ETA, like the Basque separatists party, that, that starts from then on trying to hash out a Basque border and Basque country and they want autonomy. And half the Basques are like, hey, we got what we want already. We don't need autonomy. And at that Guernica started a, a a schism between uh separatist Basques and you know kind of original conservative Basques. And I think yeah, if if that was not the goal, it was certainly one of the outcomes. And then like so you bring that to modern day forward. When my mother tries to travel abroad because of her name, Paquita Aldecoa, she's pulled in, strip searched in front of my dad everywhere they go because she's ETA. They think she's ETA. They blew up a train station in Madrid, allegedly. Um, So they linked. Now a lot of times you search Basque, that's what you get, ETA. You get terrorism.
1: Of course. Jesus. It's
2: inversion.
0: so
1: so nathan you dropped that that tidbit there elite sponsors uh
3: every faction has an elite sponsor or Mm -hmm. they are fair game i promise you this
1: so were you alluding to another group or just an elite portion of that same group or Uh, so off world entities what
3: uh the jesuits
2: okay Yeah, exactly
3: i could say the jesuits i'm not claiming to know anything sure a faction
1: within the jesuits not the entire order of course
3: it could simply be that uh somebody wanted the jesuits to pay more attention or perhaps perhaps uh, the de loyola faction um, to pay more attention so what do they do they get them looking oh you're not taking the communist red wave seriously what if it touched one of your sacred cities and so this is this is honestly if we're going to go rational wiki 100% that's probably what i'd go with that was the reason because uh, iconoclasm is rife right. if you don't think that by the 1700s everything of note had been copied and stored away so you could destroy the original you should look harder at the unesco sites <laughs> but i think that was it
1: just so I understand what you're saying, is that the Jesuits were acting like a parent teaching a child a lesson in a way?
3: No, no, okay. no, they were
1: I... being taught a lesson. Oh, the so, Jesuits were being taught a lesson.
3: So that's. The...
1: That wasn't my question, though.
3: Oh, what, what do you mean?
1: Who were who is the elite sponsor of the Basque people?
3: The I, Jesuits. Think the, I think. I uh, think. Ju- okay. okay. The Jesuits or black nobility? I got it. And so
1: you're saying the bombing was then that warning? A shot at them, yes. Okay, okay. By whom? By
2: Germany? Yeah, it was uh, Italy, Mussolini, and it was pre-Hitler, but right before Hitler. So it was like, it was Italian and German armada. And it was green-lighted by Franco, who was from the dictator in
1: France. Still died, by the way.
3: And there's a massive argument about whether or not Viola... Uh, was a crypto Jew, and this is such a big argument that it derails any talk about the Basque culture itself. Mm -hmm. So whether or not it was the bombing of a secretive Jewish faction or or a holdout, or if it was done by them against an actual Basque faction, that's, that's still up for debate.
0: Is there a Bolshevik connection here, a Russian connection here?
3: Yeah, big one.
2: Absolutely.
3: Gary, you know.
2: No, take it, take it. Take
3: it. I've already talked so much. Come on.
2: You're more articulate than I am.
3: Yeah, but I forgot this part. We talked about the Bolshevik angle. And it's uh, at the time what was happening in the world, Uh, Mussolini and his folk were dealing with the red wave. Spain was about to tear itself in two. Uh, Their own civil war was propagated by Bolshevism. And they had attempted from east to west to storm the European countries uh, with this new idealism. And the Basque peoples had remained completely untouched. Now, this I thought originally was the point of such a false flag bombing. Out of nowhere, you bomb a people. Half of them now want to support Spain in the Civil War, the rebel side, and the other half don't. And this event singularly almost dragged the Basque nation into world war ii um later on but it almost dragged them into communism
2: so yeah that bolshevik kind of ideology was definitely seeded throughout that region um in that time period I, I, you have a section of Basque, the french basques are very much liberal very much more lean towards that side um so i think that came down from up um but Absolutely, the Bolsheviks came in and tried to see that ideology kind of right before World War II popped off and kind of probably trying to kind of skew the board in their favor, in a way.
3: And it's it's really strange looking at their leadership and the way the Basque went afterward, because... And this is where i think they may have some sponsorship by by an elite faction because they didn't go the way of hitler and mussolini who were two of the only three to actually stop communism from tearing their country apart
2: i think the Basques were naturally uh, communal too like they they lived a, in a, such a way as to where the whole village looked out for everyone and we still do to this day I mean it's it's deep in their blood to help each other and live communally big families together so I think they were they were ripe for that ideology to take hold and for people to grab onto it because it was already kind of how they thought and when that came in it did it really fractured the Basque population and to this day it's never never been the same they're, they're slowly a death by a thousand paper cuts removing this culture and this ideology um we could talk a little bit i mean about anything
1: uh i was going to bring up it's interesting now that we have a jesuit as a pope first ever right first ever well first that we know of
3: first open yeah
0: yeah i i have a question (laughs) for gary on this so where you are where you are in um uh would you say idaho yeah and that because there's a bunch of bass yeah. there right it's, it's like a, a whole, yeah. yeah
2: there's a whole block downtown uh that's devoted to the baths and bass restaurants um we're members at the basque center um the my daughter does ba- uh, original basque dancing and so yeah. once a month we go down every sunday but yeah and it's they're fiercely catholic um I grew up catholic everyone here in my family's catholic but yeah bath
0: maria yeah <laughs>
2: oh man um, I'm a roman catholic so
1: there you go
2: Nevada uh northern california basically like when the bass came over they were sent where no one else wanted to go they were sent to idaho northern nevada you know uh the barren parts of central and northern california um my my great-grandfather came over twice and the second time he jumped off the boat before it got to Ellis Island because he knew what a shit show Ellis Island was and he didn't want to go through it again they tried to Americanize you I even have the census here from the 1950s and they Americanized all my family's names my father was Jose Luis or my grandfather my chicha was Jose Luis and they called him Joe my mom was Paquita they put her down as Patty Miren was Mary (laughs) you know so it's so terrible. All along the line, they're stripping <laughs> you of this culture.
0: So, well, they did that with the Gaelic names, too. Um, so where you are now and with your community there that's thriving and still coherent and together, what is the community in general thinking about modern this modern craziness that's going on here, especially in the Western world, but you know to hone it in further in the united states with this what's looking very um total control kind of iron fisty situation uh and and also the the clown world that we're seeing is there chatter are you able to talk about this i mean are you all staying tight with this
2: you know i can speak to what i know my my relatives and i'm close with my aunts and uncles and most of them initially bought the narrative and but by now have come com complete 180 um, so I'd say there's a, a common theme among my family of yeah absolutely like let's just we're doubling down on family occasions you know we're really leaning into the opposite of clown world and I think it, um, I, it wasn't like a cohesive hey let's all do this but the, the conditions of the time forced every I mean forced everyone to kind of see it that our way kind of, I guess, um, but there are a lot of bass here who are are total full on liberals. You know, I know a couple Basque speakers, there's a, a big podcast I was thinking about doing, but they're dead set on a Basque speaker. And I just couldn't find one that was, I know a few that was, that was willing to come on a show that wasn't fully mainstream. So, it's split, you know, but the ones that I'm close to, that my family that I know, they're all really conservative. So we can we can leave it at that. But I do know some other ones who aren't. So but the politics don't matter so much as getting together and making a sopa and having a you know a calimocho and just like it transcends what's happening now, I think. And there's a, a innate feeling to keep it alive in, in all of us. If that makes sense
0: is there some sort of um idea i guess prophecy or is this lining up with some mythos maybe this period of time so you know the catholics have the bible and revelation is you know looking very tangible at this point
2: i would tend to agree and i i'm right there with you i think the older generation that i'm trying to soak knowledge in they're such boomers that it's hard for them to think out of the box enough to they just think oh it's just they're too caught up in the minutia of of the news to see the bigger picture like like maybe we might um but i think personally absolutely i'm right there with you um I think I think we're being forced into revelation.
0: Yeah, um, yeah.
2: Manufactured revelation.
1: (laughs) It's a playbook, not a prophecy.
0: It's a playbill. Yeah, I agree with that. I think it is being manufactured.
1: It's a divine event, two hundred one.
0: Well, they have all the tools to do it, and that's the thing. It was a funny joke. And you
2: have to take out these these. (laughs) these people that are bloodlines and you know cultures that still to this day you know get together every sunday for dinner with 35 people like that that directly goes against the the world they're trying to build and i think they've been trying to kill it for a long time
0: and they're doing a good job that's the thing
2: they are are. we used to meet every sunday and now we meet one sunday a month and you know it's slowly it's that death by a thousand paper cuts it's the only way to kill cultures is flooded with other cultures and hope that, it you know, um, dilutes.
0: Well, look what they did with that ridiculous lockdown where they, you know, you couldn't congregate, you know, they were separating people in hospitals and you couldn't have groups more than six and, uh, all this stuff that they conditioned people towards in this last, uh, operation you know and then of course we're moving into a new operation now and they're going to perpetuate that especially now that censorship is higher than ever the censorship here in america is uh, is as bad as being in china and people don't even recognize it which is so hilarious to me and it's getting worse starting in a few days with the whole google universe and so bit by bit you know it's going to come down to having to separate families bit by bit having to not only scrub the information digitally but burn books bit by bit books will be contraband and natural medicines are under attack and and old ways are under attack and it's become a full frontal situation in the round
1: did you see that story out of Canada today that they're removing books from libraries be- from before
3: 2008? I used to. No, oh,
0: that's hideous.
1: Because they don't adhere to common, to, to today's societal norms.
0: Oh my God, that's hideous.
3: <laughs> there's, a, there's a secret disaster happening in Seattle. I, uh, I used to service a building at a different job and they would make paper and they would take paper from anything and make wood pulp and all that stuff make it into recycled things and i found one time 38 bins now we're talking pallets of library books from the county this includes uh national geographic which okay sure But this also includes popular science, popular mechanics, Reader's Digest, all the way back to the 40s. And so everything that may have been in the society, in the culture that you could find, was being uh, shredded up and turned into recycled toilet paper, paper ass gasket covers, all of these things. Oh, dear. And they're just, they don't, why do you need a Reader's Digest? Why do you need a, a monthly periodical? Because if you want to dive back and really find out what the culture was like, you look up stupid things like that. Not the important novels of the day, not the the scientific papers of the day. Things that reflect a culture as it was.
0: Yeah. This is what, and this is kind of what I do on my show with Prima of the gutter is the importance of pop culture is not just skin deep it is a barometer for what's going on and if you understand that then you can see who's doing what who's sponsoring what you can go deeper from there but the out it's like the mycelium the fruit the mushroom is just it's like the leaves on a tree they come and go you got to understand what it's rooted to and that's why it's significant and of course that's why they're going after all that
3: yeah um to bring it back to the destruction of a peoples i've been wanting to say this i keep coming across a video where the cameraman asks irish people in ireland do you know what the most popular irish baby boy's name is this year and they all guess funny things Uh, sean patrick Planner.
0: Muhammad. It's Is Muhammad. It Mohammed? yeah. <laughs> and when they find
3: out it's Muhammad, they sort of laugh, and you can watch a part of their soul die as they politely say, wow, and do not say what's on their mind. They are all full of fear. As soon as they learn that, they understand. You watch people's brains click. Now, the Irish specifically the irish and scottish have been linked so tightly to the basque people uh, that uh, aside from the algonquin if you're going to look one place for basque culture in antiquity you just look in ireland in scotland Um, they're connected through the early expression of the y chromosome which you can find in welsh people a bit but it is the basis of the research that told the world that basque dna was different from everywhere else they compared it against england ireland scotland wales predominantly
2: there's also connections with the symbology of a curvilinear swastika the Basque call it a laburu the four heads and uh, it's all over up north up in that region too um very very almost identical um curvilinear swastikas that are that is one of their main it it depicts the sun it depicts a bunch of different things but it's certainly prevalent throughout all of their symbology too
0: oh yeah it's all over well in scotland which i am deeply connected to uh because of just the massive amount on my in my genealogy i have been uh deeply offended that in the big house now they were saying we've got a Muslim in there and, and the call to prayer and stuff. I, I can't tell you on it's, it's like in my bones. It just is like they've sacked us. And this is not good. The The most common name in Ireland should never be Muhammad. It should. Oh, I mean, come on. And in the slow trickle of this that's happened in in the European world, um, in in I mean, look at in in France and I mean, I could go on about this. It's it gets me upset is so obvious. It's so in our face. And if we just strip out the modern context to it and you just look at war planning and you just look at the stories like watching the vikings right if you just think of it like that and you start to think about how one peoples will take over another peoples we're watching that everything now you know all of the 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 uh bloodlines now have been taken over by different They've been stripped. Ambulin's now black. You know, Merlin's now black. And I mean no disrespect here, but this is this is an erasing of European history. And just like they did with the Huguenots and the Basque and everyone else, they're coming for it all, just straight. And and there's been long legs to do this. And of course, you can see why they. Grew hatred for the Western world because we have not been very friendly to, to their world with the warring and stuff. But who's winning right now? If you're looking at the scorecard, it's not Scotland. It's not Ireland. It's not Germany or Austria. It's not the little
2: guy. It well.
0: is. It is. It's a. It's a whole sacking and it's just obvious so for people to be surprised that in ireland the number one name this year is muhammad on the island of ireland is ridiculous because they should have been more in touch with it and i just talked with thomas sheridan about this that that the latest generation and of Irish people were just they finally were everyone was doing well and no one paid attention and now we have this problem. It's because I kept saying I'm hoping for the fighting Irish to stand up against the sacking of them. You go to Ireland, you want the Irish experience, you want to experience Irish culture. I don't want to go to Ireland and experience Pakistani culture. That's I'll go to Pakistan. And so it's not a racist thing. And it, it should never be a racist thing to think you want to have your culture intact and moving forward. And that's another part of the fuckery that's gone on with all this and this this entrainment, brain entrainment with these agendas to get people on their knees and to st- to shame them into submission. And I kept hoping for at least the Irish that have been so downtrodden over the years to stand up. And what Thomas said was so right on with this modern generation of Irish have finally had it good and they just didn't see it. And now so many of them are starting to see it because it's changing the whole country there it's changing the whole island and it's uh just like it's doing in pockets here i mean it's why i left minnesota
2: i was just gonna say i'm seeing everything you're saying is resonating with me so well because this area where i live for my whole life has been under the radar and in the last five years It has been i mean it's it's completely been invaded and the people from before are gone like there's not the new it's southern california here now and it Mm -hmm. wasn't like that and it 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 happened fast and it happened before anyone here knew it was coming and now all the locals are priced out of even owning a home it's a it's outside money market and the culture and like the people that were here living this way for since the fucking 1800s now can't live that way because of an outside force came in and and changed the whole dynamic of the situation and and now you seem to be
1: a blue state
2: (laughs) and idaho will never go blue i know i'm kidding i I made my if they keep pouring people in at the rate they're doing now but people come here and within a year or two they turn real conservative
1: but i think that's that's a different same outcome sort of not not same outcome but it's similar no. but different because i think what yes. what uh the irish irish situation is dealing with the immigration the illegal immigration and the government bending over to these people it's happening all over europe it's not just ireland and that plays happening 20 here, years here old. too yeah here too we've got millions of people pouring in and who aren't even from south america
3: the plan no, they're is 20 coming 20 years old
0: yeah, what? yeah if that's what I'm yeah, saying.
1: I know, I know. It's the whole what? open borders thing. A...
0: But here we are. That's the thing. Here we are. And so all these people that couldn't see it are finally starting to. And in a lot of these places, the tipping point's already been reached because they infiltrated the smaller areas where they were able to take over small towns. It's not just London or New York or Paris it's all the small towns now. And this is where it's insidious. And again, this is a big sacking. And if you look at it without, with a neutrality and look at it in a war room sense, it's obvious to see what's happening. And the operation looks to me like it was a success because they outbreed us and, and we are the enemy. Like it, it, we are the enemy and they've made no bones about it. When you watch these videos and they're saying we've taken Paris, we've taken London and, um, you know, in Minneapolis that you, there are whole areas where I can't go. And this is happening in small town, Tennessee. This is happening in Kentucky. This is happening all over the heartland, not just New York, not just California, not just Houston. And that's the thing thing and at what point do people stand up and 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 remember we're not allowed to practice our own love of our own culture whatever it is unless it is approved unless it's the approved culture and so just like what's happened to the bass through the centuries and the huguenots and uh you know the gaelic speaking and right the the welsh and the cornish the picks and um the sami all this just like what's happened it's it's happening now on a globe i I don't want to say on a realm-wide uh scale and what are we doing when they I, say mask up, we mask up. When they say you're locked down, you, you you just stop going to see grandma because they tell you, you can't see grandma now. People need to come to, to God fast. And I don't mean that in a religious way. I mean, just come to your senses and realize that this is only gonna get worse. And just like we have genetic memory those of us like gary and nathan for sure in our genetic memory of this happening i mean this is something that came down through a cosmic inheritance of being persecuted like that and here we are we're in this time
1: did you see that story about that island off of italy or south of sicily today or tuesday i think it was which one um Cyprus? Lampedusa.
0: Oh, oh one okay. of the, li- <laughs> the smaller ones. Lampedusa. Yeah.
1: yeah. Uh, it's got a population of about 6,000 people. And in just 24 hours, they had 6,800 migrants take over the island.
0: Only then? Yeah. <laughs> because. And that's, of, that's what they're doing.
1: Yeah, it's the because of the EU lax immigration policy. So now there's more migrants there than actual townspeople.
2: I'd that's like to called sacking. Way. I'd like to see the logistics on how those migrants arrived there.
1: They came on boats. I saw videos of it. But it's all... But was it organized? It's all military-age men from, from the looks of it from Africa.
0: Yeah, of course it is that that's called sacking so if we were watching the Vikings series that's called sacking you know people maybe mm-hmm. it will help people that can't see this shit to start fictionalizing it and instead of watching the vikings on tv look at what's going on around their asses because that's what's happening and it ain't gonna be good there's no good ending unless you're the people sacking And so what's left, and this again, when we're talking about arch negative and more rare people with rare uh, expressive qualities, it doesn't take a lot anyway.
3: Well, okay, so let's, let's get historical behind the links. Every single civilization or peoples that we've mentioned have an older connection to early esoteric christianity we could call it uh, not necessarily a specific religion even even down to the yazidi is that how you say it <laughs> but yazidi yazidi um they actually have an older connection to the bible than europe does um and a lot of their uh, their reliquaries that they've had um, until very recently, have reflected those older connections. Now, the the funny thing is, in each of these countries, you can also find a Basque language, which is Ogam. And not only that, but the, here's, I'm gonna tie in four things at once, and if you know all four, it'll make sense. Um, Ogam inscriptions from Europe record uscaric language which is the basque language um, the monks in the area were descendants of fan the athenians and the coptic church is where they come from the yid damn it what's the name again yazidi the yazidi also have good ties with the coptic church and also the same the people being persecuted over here with slow population replacement irish Welsh, scots basques and berbers which we don't really yes what is a contemporary berber it was um it was a man speaking to aristotle in his time that said that the greeks knew no old men or there were no old men amongst the greeks and that came from the mouth of the Berber who remembered uh, remembered Egypt before Greece reached it. And so all of these old world connections are undergoing at least the biblical 430 years of slavery. And for Ireland, that is pretty specific. And all of these people are tied together, they're all doing the same thing. And the only one that's managed to avoid an outright war are the Basque people. But if we stop thinking of them as separate entities and think of them as disparate threads of a single thing, they begin to make more sense.
2: Absolutely, and I think like the the links, why people sometimes do link Basques to Atlantis, it comes straight from Plato, and it's an interpretation of of locations that plato was talking about um so i forgot where i was going with that my damn kids are going crazy we can't hear them so don't worry about it thank god dude because i'm
1: about
3: to see
2: <laughs> i think they know i'm serious now so. I had to go regulate
3: Basically, my point being, all of these people undergoing the slow replacement. um, This even happened in Africa as well uh, for about the past 430 years. So when you get into your revelation and times are happening now, here's another correlate. Um, But does does it need to be against a single people or perhaps the church of ideas? Um, I had heard the word temple referred to as an ideology, not as a physical structure, the temple of the spirit. This referring to uh, the idea or the doctrine of a specific faction or way of looking at things. And the idea of raising a third temple need not be a physical structure. And I thought that was an interesting idea because we we are seeing the destruction of we could call it a second temple the old world and its memories
2: you think that that we're now coming into that third phase of like an awakening a new temple being built right now by those of us who can see what's going on
3: a new temple of spirit yeah i think that's a possibility and the disparate threads of of such persecuted peoples may yet hold on.
2: I think history tells us they will.
3: History also tells us that resolutions don't happen inside of a century, which uh, I can't be happy about. (laughs) We all wanna think we're heroes, but we might actually be four generations earlier than the heroes as a nameless footnote that helped keep the spark alive through the dark times.
1: Yeah, it's pretty dark right
2: now, and it's only gonna get worse. (laughs) I don't know, see, for my day to day, I think it's it's lighter than it's ever been. I have more knowledge, you know. It's only dark if you point your energy towards the darkness.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. Like my day to day life, I don't experience anything bad ever. It's but like, you, but you as guys, a whole on the planet, it's just pretty it, dark. but if you just pay attention to what's happening to the world that people are caught up in, it's that
2: shit. So you just don't pay attention.
1: But at yeah. the
0: same time, if you're trying to do an open search, you are running against firewalls now, right? And you don't even realize it. That's your day to day. If you're online at all, it, at all then you're surrounded by what's going on and you don't have to be looking and listening to podcasts or shows or alt anything, just trying to do searches <laughs> and and looking at um, trying to find information on Not natural right. health and uh, looking up historical stuff, as we were talking about earlier, then it's at your door, it's affecting you. If you are living completely Uh, off-grid and off-road, and you're not one of the areas that they've targeted with weather manipulation, then, you know, yeah, your world can look the same, but I guarantee that like a dark cloud, it's over you now, wherever you are. And that's the thing that's made this insidious. And this is the thing that is making it more, uh, Uncanny the uncanny feeling because yeah, we can all get I get entranced by beautiful days outside where everything seems lovely and all this. But at the same time, then I go and I want to search some herb to f- heal whatever and I I get inundated with that's misinformation that's a danger <laughs> danger and um and then you're flagged and so this is not off in the distance this is at everyone's door and that's the thing here is is we're, we're slowly normalizing this lockdown on us and it's not just a spiritual lockdown it's come down into the physical realm and that's the thing we need to realize so yeah i'm still able to do a lot of stuff in my life that i was always able to do sure is everything getting more expensive? Yeah, it sure is. Is gas getting more expensive? Certain things are hard to find. Certain things you can't even buy now because they've been outlawed. Try to get natural old school light bulbs. You know, I could go on for hours about this. We have trickled our way in a cut at a time and we think it's still normal and natural, the world around us. But I guarantee you, if you start putting a microscope to the world you're living in now, and go back 20 years, you're going to see how enclosed you've become.
2: I totally agree with that. Uh, I think you do. There's an element of your opting in, though. Like you're taking by by even going on the Internet, you're using their systems. I mean, and not to say you could just go live in a van down by the river and be just happy till your heart's content. But you could also have a nice library at home to where you can look up that herb from a book. I mean, there are ways and I'm optimistic on the Google front, too. Like we were talking about before the show, uh, Dr. Robert Epstein, I think there's going to be some pushback on big tech here. That's actually going to be impactful and significant coming down the pike. I think it's incredibly important to remain optimistic and to use the system against itself where we can. And, And if you can live part with one foot in the system and one foot out for now, it's going to be a lot easier if that system is suddenly thrust away from you or taken away from you or if you're put into a position where you need to take an intervention in order to participate in that system if you're already on your way out the door and thinking aligning your thinking with with systems that aren't as convenient you you're going to be a step ahead of 90 percent of the people out there
0: well i'm a luddite and i you know i can live out of my acre and i've lived off road and off road and off off grid and done midwifery and husbandry and all that. You don't even understand. And I see it. And I'm not, uh, I'm also not a nihilist, but I see it. And I'm not even off-centered here talking about it what frustrates me is the fact that there are a lot of people living on the sunny side of the street and again the clouds are coming and when you're looking at just the numbers of what's happening and if you're looking around clearly like you said there's a shift in 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 where you live and ultimate so if you're on that little island off of sicily What's that say to your world? What What do you say? What do you say? That's your island. That's your ancestral home, and now, it's something else. And so, I don't know how you can live on the sunny side of the street in those circumstances. And those circumstances are coming to all of us. My friends in Appalachia are absolutely overrun right now, in areas where it's it's migrants. The migrants spot right now. Not migrants from Haiti, migrants from uh, Pakistan, migrants from South America, cartel members. These are old school haulers. And with with Appalachians, you know, whatever you want to call them, they're now outnumbered in many of these areas. And it's not just the rich that can afford, you know, to tear down the old school Appalachia because they want that view. It's this military situation that's happening and yeah good luck with the books i'm a book person i've got i've got i don't even know how many books at at least a thousand and half of them are 16 1700s i love books and i am an avid reader but you know what half of the books that are now we're just talking about it they're banning them they're going to come for those books like they've done before if we look at history as a precedence for anything that we may be looking at as far as cycles and recognizing cycles then we've got to come to terms with this and i do agree with keeping a positive attitude i do a hundred percent but what i'm seeing is too many people are in denial with their positive attitude because they're getting the the homelessness is unbelievable. I've never seen anything like it. I just don't even know what to say about that. And when I was looking at these new homeless camps everywhere, because I'm out here between Portland and Seattle, I'm actually in an old logging town that had just a few thousand 10 years ago, and it's blown up. And I'm telling you, a good deal of these people are immigrants that are being placed in nice housing while all the old school Poor families here have been taxed out and had to sell. It's a hard luck story here. And, And these other people are getting placed in because they're getting government grants from the local government. How is this the sunny side of the street? It's the sunny side of the street if you're these people they're placing and supporting for this overturn. And that's what I'm saying. I think that we need to actually kind of smell the coffee and wake up a bit because inch by inch, bit by bit, it is happening. And keeping the good attitude is wonderful. And we've got to maintain a sense of stability, internal martial arts, but it's happening. I'm not so optimistic about anything digital at this point. I don't think Uh, uh, that these lawsuits and all this are going to bring down the Google machine. It's BlackRock, State Street, and Vanguard owns everything at this point. And they're they're buying up real estate. They own the pharmaceuticals. They're the ones telling you, you can't wear this. You can wear that. You have to stay this far away from that person. And it's going to continue. Why are we thinking that it's just all of a sudden going to be normal and there's going to be a counterbalance? Yeah, there is an undercurrent. And as an ex, you're never an ex, but it's better to say this online. Midwife, there was always an undercurrent. You became part of a network that nobody knows about because you're birthing babies into a world without um, putting them into the system with social security numbers and we could tell each other by the herbs are growing in their yard especially in the midwest if you grew comfrey in your yard you could guarantee back in the day that that was a midwife or that was somebody that was part of the network like wearing a chimaruta in sicily i'm telling you this shit is coming this shit is not coming it's here and i'm seeing it as an outsider and i am actually concerned i'm not concerned about myself because i chose not to have kids but this is happening and i don't see how living on the sunny side of the street's going to make anything better here and i'm sorry to rant
2: well, it makes <laughs> makes my life better so that's why Maybe. i do it but yeah and i'm not i don't disagree with anything that you said no me neither i just I just don't think there's any harm in having
3: a positive attitude about life at all. I I, I agree with that. I completely compartmentalize my positivity because most of the time I do feel up in arms and I'm always looking for a solution to what I see as the great problem. Well, my My one rule in my whole life is don't tell me what to do. Yeah. that sounds like a childish thing um, but
1: the exact take, same way
3: try to take that simple thing don't tell me what to do can you apply that successfully to anything in your life most people the answer is no and so when gary and i started talking about real world things irl we have physical future plans because i found a like-minded individual
2: um answer to no one but myself
3: yes and that's the goal now as a society what what was so interesting about the whole basque thing is who the fuck decided to leave them alone and how do i get some of that
2: (laughs) i think they're just master negotiators no one left them alone they tried um the bass just negotiated their way out of it every time somehow
3: Rome tried real hard everywhere else and succeeded everywhere else and never once took a flame to a Basque village.
2: Oh, that's not true. They tried. They sent Charlemagne up and the, oh, the Basques sent God, him bat, right. back down, battered and bruised. They sent Leonidas up and the Basques sent him back down. And they tried. The Basques negotiated with the Romans by letting them mine all their precious metals. And the Basques made all the Roman money. The Basques were the Roman sell swords so they they compromised and negotiated their way out of complete you know slavery essentially or destruction of
3: culture that's the only bootstrap story that i could believe
0: i nathan I, I'm with you on this. This is the, this is an internal sense of self, of presence within self, and you know some people want to call that sovereignty, personal sovereignty, which it is. This is that little light of mine. I'm going to let it shine, kind of thing, and um, it also ties into your biofield, and it, it ties into your unseen bodies that are part of your body, but people don't value that stuff anymore. And so by keeping a center line and by understanding that principle, those of us with that, that whatever that is, you know, some people call it the rebel yell, whatever you want to call it. We get that. I get that. And I've had that since I was, I was born out of this blood. And so that's in me, it is genetically in me and I feel it and I ain't going down to any of this bullshit but at the same time I recognize it and I see it and that's what I was Mm -hmm. saying just through genetics I recognize this pattern and that's the thing and and it's frustrating to see so many people bending the knee and I'm getting that to that point by looking at everyone that capitulated with the the fuckery that was the last Mm -hmm. four years of the lockdown and the masking and the separation of friends and family, and then well,
3: the they they weren't alive when we interred the Japanese in our own soil. They weren't right. alive when uh, when the newspapers told America that the Germans were cutting off the right arms of little boys so they'd never hold a rifle in opposition to them. They weren't alive for any of that. And according to you and Jerry, they're not even real people. <laughs> I well, I do not think that.
0: <laughs> I, I You know, there's... It, they're real people. That,
1: I just think they're not enabled. Well, they
0: don't, sorry,
1: they
3: don't have soul.
1: No, I never saw that either.
0: I think you, there's
3: a deeper... idea. That's idea. But that's well,
1: not soulless. That's just... Uh, an offline soul, if you will. I don't think there are, if, if souls are real, I think everyone has one.
2: Nish, I love the way you articulated the, the situation we find ourselves in, in today's world. Um, I think you, you, you just absolutely hit the nail on the head with your little rant that you went on. And I think that was awesome. (laughs) Um, however i do think it is super important while while we can recognize that all that's happening to maintain you know a bit of optimism and not let the the just the oppressive nature of everything we see from the chemtrails to the population to the prices to the gas like you gotta i i in my life i rise try to get above it and i'm sure you guys do too and otherwise like it's just black pill all the time and it it, that i don't think that's any way to go is like full black pill it's although i recognize the reality of the situation it's important to pick out spots where we can have optimism
0: i agree with you you got to do what you can and see this is the thing that i think a lot of people get caught up in is they think that the doing is they've got to go and and, and and stand up at this organization or stand up at that uh, rally or whatever, the doing part of this is actually being an observation and seeing what's happening. If you just recognize what's happening, that's a big deal. And that's a lot, a lot of it. You don't, I mean, this becomes, I think it's going to be a, a personal thing for everyone. This is a, an individual, um, situation where what you can resist what can you bear and what will you resist and it needs to be recognized as an individual thing and uh I don't think there's one prescription for how you move through these times and so I'm not a depressive person at all Uh, in fact I can't quite remember the last time I felt depressed maybe when my momo died a few decades ago, um, it murdered by the way, but I, I, uh, I, I'm not depressed and I'm not nihilistic actually. And people I think that are in the cosmic salon uh, audience would know that I'm always trying to bring solutions, but at the same time, I'm frustrated with the amount of people that are somehow not seeing the bigger picture that frustrates me. It fr- frustrates me because, like Bill Gates throwing mosquitoes, GMO mosquitoes in California that migrate up here, or the GMO ticks, that's going to affect me. My neighbor spraying Roundup in his yard is going to affect me. You know, it's the unseen stuff. The chemtrails are going to affect me. And I don't get a say in that. That's the stuff. It's like, really? Yeah. So, this major stuff that is big and changing us as, as a species and changing our world that is passively affecting us individually it's affecting our children our children are growing up in some sort of new weird confangled chemical cocktail of fuckery and it's changing them genetically and it's passive it's a passive thing. So I feel worried about the next generation and the next generation because I'm seeing the degradation right now in the generations, I'm seeing it.
2: I think it's undeniable, it's everywhere. And I think if more people could hear it articulated in this way, more people would understand.
3: And for anyone who's listening, who thinks that the idea is pessimism versus positivity this is the arguments for both sides of this here even though you guys largely agree you're lawful good and chaotic good and neutral good having a conversation if you really want to see pessimism and the true depths which i argue that most pseudo-intellectual uh spectators in the world uh the views that they hold The Conspiracy Against the Human Race by Thomas Ligotti perfectly illustrates the poison at the heart of modern day nihilism. And Mm. that's far from what we argue. The idea is how to reach a solution, how to better our lives, not the true pessimism that has taken root in most of the first world,
0: And, you know, that's the thing, too. I need to check that book out if I can. It, it, it is if
3: insane.
0: If it's still available. That's it's unhappable. That's all. <laughs> I'm just saying I was making a joke. Oh. But if, <laughs> if, I wanted to throw if,
1: something in real quick before you go on. You, we're talking about yep. burning books and getting rid of culture and whatnot. The move to digital gives whomever the ability to censor and change uh literature from the past they've already been doing it they uh, what was it they just changed Shit, i can't remember but some book some famous book they just changed or were about to change
2: they do it non-digital too go try to get a copy of yeah. john coleman's book unedited or or you know cooper's book unedited i mean they do it on paper too now. i do i i, That's right, Gary. I do
1: realize that but i'm just saying though that When everything's digital, eventually they'll stop publishing books. When everything's digital, there's (laughs) that that connection to the past will be gone because everything will be constantly updated to keep up with cultural, what they consider cultural norms, which are basically social engineering.
3: Yes, Andreas and I were talking about this a couple years ago. Do you know how cheap it is to buy a pamphlet press to print small paper books? Uh, Probably under a grand uh, two, 300 bucks for a really cheap one. Yeah. Uh, but we talked about this the first time I came on. I mentioned the Hathi Trust, all of the universities yes. getting yes. together. And if you cannot check out a physical book, um, if you are a student, you're allowed to check out a digital book. Now this may be change. It may not be the original physical. They're going to deny access to the physical books, call them relics, say you can't touch them. And you can have the edited copy online. But while one person has checked out the digital copy, no one else may check it out. Uh, it's it's international at this point, and it's a bane on
1: libraries. Is that archive.org
3: or whatever it is? Uh, the Hathi Trust, H-A-T-H-I. Okay, okay. True Stream Media talked about it. So did Corbett. Um, there, there's a, there are a couple of services like that. That have the, yes, yeah. yes. The Hathi Trust is the first one doing it on uh, like city and state libraries as well as universities and the universitariat. Wherever you go, uh, if you go to Yale, they're going to have different books than you're going to find at Princeton, and each will be uh, unique collections
0: hmm.
3: now untouchable. The barrier to information grows ever stronger.
0: I've been doing some I've been look pulling out some of my very old books and doing some experiments with searching. This is why I've been on the search engine crazy right now and typing in besides the fact that you used to be able to type into search engines and have like endless numbers of pages now it's like five and you bottom out. But just today even something I posted on my very neglected Instagram the only social media I have that's on lockdown I was looking through an, an antique vellum copy of um let's see what is this one of the imitation of christ so not a modern version of it this is an old one and it's a vellum copy it's a, it's it's got plates in it that they don't have in the newer versions i tried to type in this plate and i couldn't find so images of uh king herod's wife and when she visits him after afterwards after she's been murdered by him and i couldn't find an image that same image anywhere i couldn't find it anywhere i was searching everywhere because i wanted to see if i could find it and so i posted it on instagram i didn't say that because i don't want to alert it and here i am saying uh here but i've been testing to see if i can find these things and i can't find half of them that i'm looking at through the old books now i'm sure if it's a new version of this book i I don't know i only have this old Bellum copy that's a couple hundred years old and it's even typing in some of the the text that it's quoting from I can't find this stuff online I can't find it and so this is and I'm fortunate because I'm a, a book person I've always valued books and I've collected them my whole life and so I'm fortunate to have a library but this is this is ridiculous looking for a, a traditional Chinese medicine today I can't find this medicine anywhere i can't find it and it is not an uncommon medicine now i know if i go down to a chinatown and i you know like in la or new york or you know the bigger chinatowns um san francisco which is was always my favorite chinatown i would be able to go into one of those pharmacies and be able to get it off the shelf I know that but you can't get it online and it's a particular medicine that protects you against hemorrhagic fever it's very specific and TCM has a cure for it. And you can't find it online, you can barely find even a reference of it so and it's these little examples that let you know that we are heavily censored. it's to that degree now. And I don't think people realize that it's come down to that. And where do we go from here? I mean, this is, this is, this is crazy. And what about people that, that don't have libraries, personal libraries, or their books aren't very old, you know, they're talking about cars. You know, you have to have a car that's, what is it, Jer, is like, I, I heard it's like 2010 or earlier when they don't have the board in them because it, it, it's is it 2010 Jared there's Which like board a, a digital board in them I think it was 2010 or
1: I thought it was 97
0: it might be you might be right it's something these cars are like the safe cars and what are they outlawing i mean they're slowly telling us we're not going to be able to run our cars anyway this the 15-minute the cities agenda 2030 that's happening yeah. that's happening Look it's at happening London. in my town it's happening in your town it's no, written it's It is happening in the underwriting. I've looked at the Florida codes. Go to Deborah Tavares' page, and she has it all specifically out. It's happening. It's underwritten in all your towns, even in Texas, even in Florida. It's being underwritten. And so you have to know what language you're looking for, and that's why it's so tricky, because it is being sneakily done bit by bit. And... At what point? I mean, they've told us because of climate change, there's going to be no more gas cars in just a few years. Everyone's like, well, that's 20, you know, that's 10 years away. Well, now it's seven years away and it's going to be five years away. And so in Washington state, where I live, our governor's trying to flag this stuff and it's, they're gonna tax you per mile. They're going to do it. They're telling you they're gonna do it. And then you can't have it. Just like the windows in your house, you're gonna to have to have the coded windows, the coded everything in your house. And it's all a fire hazard. It's all easily blown up as we see with these attacks everywhere. And like my house, which is an antique house and I will not capitulate. I like a house that breathes. Thank you very much. Yes. I don't care how cold it is outside. And they're going to come for your windows and they're going to come, they're already done the smart metering thing and you can fight and fight and fight. They still get what they want. They still bully you into it one way or another. And it's happening. That's what I'm saying. And they're burning people off of the grid that off-grid and on the outlying areas. They're flooding them out. They're calling imminent domain left and right. I know so many people that are dealing with this right now. It's not like it's some strange people somewhere else. It's people around us.
2: No, it's me. I mean, I, I was trying to buy a house right when COVID hit and prices tripled, interest rates doubled, I mean, look, be a small family trying to buy a house, be a small family trying to survive right now. And we're in one of the so-called, you know, best places to be. It It's undeniable, Nish. You're, you're 100% right on with everything you're saying.
3: I'm in the same boat as gravy. It's, yeah, there's, <laughs> remember when China decided to start rounding up rural families, forcing them into the cities? Yes. That's it. it, it...
0: Remember How's that, that? different?
3: <laughs> uh, it's a coming.
1: It's a uh, coming. Yeah, but who wants to live in the cities these days? Their Nobody
3: does. The yeah. The point is in China, they did that forcibly. Uh, now, we, we're a few years behind everything. We have some great circumstances that'll waylay a lot of the early efforts. Um, that's why I'm so keen on getting with gravy and or gary (laughs) i said gravy but gary (laughs) and shellback reading chat we
2: got good things going on like there's still places like new hampshire uh there's no imminent domain law um the that free state project has done some really good stuff shellback was showing me stuff today they've they've quietly infiltrated that state government with no party affiliation and and taken over i mean what we need i think is what we could really that. use is more people yes not not participating in the two-party paradigm and yeah. just doing what's best yes and taking Together. that attitude to where you can get into a position of power or authority and using it with responsibility
0: see this is i'm i hold out and i i'm, I'm constantly saying this i hold out hope for this resist and 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 figure this way out i do think that there's an under as a person who's been in underground networks her whole life born into it um i hold out hope for this there's always that and i'm holding out hope for it and i haven't lost hope but there's you know it's like that something happened in New Mexico recently that I never thought would happen. I lived in New Mexico in the Ortiz Mountains, off-road and off-grid. I'll tell you what, it's there's cowboys there and they open carry. I'd never been in another state that you walk into places and you got like old oh, like the the old West cowboys with you know, like their guns and their holsters right out, and cowgirls and all this. It was always very proud open carry. New Mexicans, if you don't understand New Mexicans, they're their own people. It's an own, it's a specific group and the na- the native New Mexicans, which is a mix of a bunch of different cultures. And this is why New Mexico is so exciting. And what did they do? What are they doing right now in New Mexico? That's the one state I over Texas, over any other that I thought would never, have that happen and now they're they're making conceal carry and all this uh i mean they just double whammied them there and and that's what gives me pause because the 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 samson here or not the samson the um goliath here is so big and monstrous it's just reaching this is another thing that makes me think about revelation is it does, there's a desperation with this grab. There does seem to be a desperation, like there's a timing here. And I think if we can all activate our systems, our biofield, our internal, you let that internal light shine, I do believe we can win this. And I do believe we can out outdo this. And we've seen this story a million times where it takes like 2% of the people to take care of all of the tyranny and stuff. So I'm a believer in that, but it's just, I think we need to recognize how deep in this we are right now and quit kicking the can 20 years into the future because that's the thing we need to recognize it now.
3: And Nish there, there may be a Goliath, but what people get wrong about that story is, well, David was a trained soldier so convincing that he managed to convince his king to take this fool on one-on-one and he said how are you going to beat him and he said i'm going to hit him in the head with a stone that confidence so when they're trying to take away the guns in new mexico i don't know if those cowboys are going to lay in their own graves so, so i mean i i have confidence
1: so uh, as far as um uh...
0: Nathan, I'm with you on that. I totally am. <laughs> it's am not going to be am easy. Too. No, it's not
1: going to be. Not, uh, just update on that whole situation. Um, <clears throat> the I forget which court it was exactly. Uh, injuncted that today for 14 days until the trial. So it's off. That's not going to happen. Um, it was. Inter- I found that whole situation interesting because. <sighs> on one hand you've got left the left coming out saying, Hey, this is too far. You know, like Ted Lieu, David Hogg, those type of people. Um, on, on the right, you've got the AG, the sheriff, you know, basically the usual people, the people in the, the the gubernatorial structure itself saying, Hey, this is a step too far. Um, where were these people during the last three years when our rights were being trampled on left and right by the government who, who stood by and allowed that to happen, but this comes up and they're like, oh, no, that's too much. It seems yep. very orchestrated
2: to me. This is part of the manufactured message that they're. this This is yeah. uh, an event yep. towards a means, a means to an end, you know. I, yes. I,
1: I think, and this
2: is not an original
1: idea, I said this last night, I really think that... Uh, the intent here is to push the Overton window so far to the left that the 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 gun controllers can come out and say, "Hey, well, that's how about we just you know ban large capacity magazines and semi-automatic rifles and yep. you know the it's not an attempt. It, it is. It's that's exactly what's happening. Yeah, I
2: really think it, I think that's what's going on. So just the fact that the main the conversation is around that it has shifted that window.
3: Yes. A quick segue here: all of the people in the world, and this is a an argument that I champion regularly. All of the people in the world that talk about fighting the system, that talk about holistic uh, medicine, that talk about being a luddite or going back to their roots. Have you ever learned traditional archery? Can you yes. throw a sling? Yes. These are things that even with a compound bow or a crossbow, these are things that matter. Yeah, the gun debate is huge. Um, the, the idea that we might not be able to fire a piece of metal really fast is a hot topic in America, but you can hear a gunshot for three miles in the right conditions, and you can hear an arrow for 20 feet.
1: <laughs> At best.
3: If you want to be fit and you want to be, as ModWiz would say, feral, Learn the old ways. When that ties works, it back
2: to the Basques, exactly. Yes. Like, study works. the Basque, study the indigenous cultures of wherever you're from, exactly, and you're gonna have a step ahead. That that's they're trying to kill those ways right now. It's happening. Yes. We're in the middle of it, and so we gotta we
3: somebody's gotta carry the torch and the bow, and stop using your fucking gym membership and go learn to draw a bow, just please.
0: Well, now we've got the new, (laughs) sounds like my house over there with the dogs. Now, you know, we are also working against electronic warfare, and this goes back to Atlantis, because I believe that that was an advanced civilization that did have, have the stuff that we're coming into. I don't know the P's and the Q's of this, but I do believe this is part of like this whole causality looping that I really do pull up to. I really do. It's easy to see the small patterns. And if we're looking at the small patterns, then you can, you've got math and you can project further. It's like, it's like drawing out the tree of life or a fractal. There is something in patterning. And when we're looking at high technology, what are the last civilizations we know of at least through the stories? I mean, there wasn't a lot about Atlantis that Plato gave us, but it was a high te- civilization with high tech. And then the whole Tartaria thing, I think we talked about at some point with Nathan at one point. But seriously, when you look at these old buildings, the old basilicas, the old stuff in India, all the masterful artwork and paintings, where are those kinds of craftsmen now? Because they don't exist. And as an artist, I'm going to tell you, I don't know. I don't I don't know any sculptors. I didn't even find any classes that could teach me the kind of stuff that I can go out and look at in in monumental, gorgeous buildings in periods of time when we're in a horse and buggy and we have a chisel. And I mean, these stories are ridiculous. And so we have to question. This And again, this is why book burnings, this is why uh, keeping the information up to date and current and, and making sure narrative is sewn in and entrained into the modern new generations. And so the old ways, like we're talking about here with Gary and Nathan, that the oral traditions like natives people have done always are important. This is how we remember and remembering is part of the story here. And there ironically are a lot of people, when you ask them, they don't want to remember. So when you bring up that whole idea of, would you want to remember all your lives? A lot of people say no. And even if you give a caveat of, so without emotional attachment, would you want to know your footprint through the illusion of the clockwork of time and it's amazing to me how many people don't want to know for whatever reason and so it is the Native peoples, the Basque, the Sami, you know the oh um, we could go on the Aboriginals in uh, in Australia and New Zealand and in, in, in Papua New Guinea uh, everywhere the native peoples that are that live that live close to the that live close, close networks that have stories. And they pass the stories down. Well, this some can... p- somewhere we're going to have to capture that, Gary. I say
1: I just I'm so pre- prepared for Mad more. Max world, basically.
2: I'm so right there with you this whole time, Nish. Like you're you're articulating it all so well. I really like. But this I is just Nathan, this isn't this how we
0: stand? Isn't this how we resist? Isn't this how we move forward? This is what gives me hope: is that we we do retain this and we know that we retain it in our in our genetics we know that each of us is a walking receptacle of a great inheritance and then when you start looking and parsing out stories like the bosque which um you know this is phenomenal when we start thinking about where they took stands and why they were left alone and all this, this gives me hope. And that's the hope I have. I'm actually getting the goosebumps thinking about this. So I do have hope. I have hope in all that. I have hope in the natural. That's where I have hope.
3: The, the idea that we want out of something that we can't function without is, is I think a fool's errand. I think that we need to learn to function without and the separation of the family and the dissolution of these select societies. stops tradition stops gathering stops the sharing of trades, the sharing of oral histories, all of these things are broken to sever you from anything except reliance on a system that is held bent on your constant need for treatment. This is why we need, and and I bring up the point with guns, but it's for everything. Uh, yes, you have to rely on guns, but be a weapon. You have yes. to rely on medicine, but learn what leaf to eat. You need to rely on uh, a sewage and water infrastructure when you could just learn how deep to dig the hole you shit in, and how to run your water through dirt and rocks until you can drink it i mean those are overly simplistic examples but saying what we're dissatisfied with without walking outside and learning to interact with the world you've only got a piece of the puzzle and i'd love to talk more about how to find the rest with anybody who wants to
2: I'm feeling the conversations that need to be, we need to be having right now. We need to be relating the old ways to the new ways and how that applies to right now and how we can, like you said, find that place to take a stand that happened in history, (laughs) that you stand on a principle that, that benefits future generations. You know, what the cliche of planting the tree that you'll never see the shade from.
0: Yes. Yes. Oh, I love that analogy so much. Like. That that has inspired me my whole life, and you see it in certain cultures really well, like the Japanese, where they are thinking that far ahead and, you know, they'll plant a ginkgo, knowing that it takes 200 years to be big. That is, that is a magical way of living and thinking. The whole wabi-sabi thing is a magical way of thinking. And these conversations right here, right now, tonight, these are now dangerous conversations. And that's what's scary.
1: To whom? To whom?
0: Well, not to <laughs> us and probably not to the majority of the audience, except for the alphabet trolls that are probably just lurking and being quiet. But I'm, Hi, guys. Yeah. Hello. And so, but this is, this is the thing and it is important. This is so important that we remain conscious during this. I think that's part of the the thing here that gets us through that we continue to stay lucid in this dream that we continue to engage with it, not disengage with it, because the whole system is telling us to disengage, and there is where we should be concerned. And we're engaging tonight. We're having these, we're talking in a way that is now dangerous, because, first of all, we have opinions. Hello, our own opinions.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And we refuse. And they're not popular. And our pronouns <laughs> are unknown. <laughs> right.
0: So you know, I mean, it, it's this has just been such a pleasure. And you know, Nathan, every time you're on, I get so inspired. I think I've been uh, every time you get on, I get fired up like this. There's something in your nature. My nipples <laughs> you know, get hard
3: amazing. when he's on. I've <laughs> listened to the other episodes, and uh, you let your hair down when I come out.
0: I, I do it's something with you i mean i'm usually calm and collected but because fucking handsome you... that's why
2: they both are what do you think I... i'm trying to get him out to my neck of the woods oh
0: yeah. <laughs> my goodness but this is this has been such a pleasure and gary we've got to have you back and dive deeper into the basque i apologize for um You know, I got really impassioned tonight. Amazing.
2: Nothing to apologize for. I'm, this is something I'm constantly working on. I would love to come back and and talk more about anytime. Like, this has been one of the best conversations I've had in a while. So I just appreciate you guys letting me be a part of it. It made me, I made
1: (laughs) made me think we need to do or should do a, a series of shows regarding solutions for the future. That's where where we can focus on specific topics for a couple hours like barter systems and hunting or whatever, whatever old ways we choose to uh dig into and bring in. I
3: mean.
1: Yeah, I think that would be cool. I'm
3: feeling
1: <laughs> totally I, I feel love it. it. <laughs> well, cool. Well, thank you guys. This was great. Thank you everyone for listening. Um, we will be back in two weeks with Josh Kutchen. He's got a new book coming out, a novel, actually. So we're going to talk about that. should be interesting. Maybe we could talk him into giving us a reading.
0: <laughs> Josh is a good guy. I love Josh. You know him personally, Jerry. I do. Yeah. He's,
1: uh, he's an amazing human being. All my, all my friends are. You guys are. <clears throat> the
2: stories that guy can tell.
1: I know. Oh, you should hang. I hung out with him for a whole weekend once. Oh my God. It was so awesome that's cool man he just has like this vast array of useless Bigfoot lore
2: and it's so love fun. I love so that need think we need that escape too like not you know <laughs> yes. we need a little yeah. bit that's not politics and, and black pill like we need a little mis- mystery in our lives
0: we need the magic and that's Absolutely. what and that is some magic it's beautiful yeah.
1: well cool anyway, thanks guys thank you all uh, have a great night everyone we'll see you in a couple weeks take care